the latest news, views and reactions to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Welcome back to 442 FM. We have had a bumper weekend of A League, and um, it's week seven. And with me, I have Cronin Yu. Good I am Adam Jackson, and Tip Master Kevin Ayres. I do. Let's I... A round of applause. <laughs> if you uh, if, if you listen to last week's um, Kevin predi- this, for this game week. <laughs> Delayed applause. Unnecessary. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you tuned in last week, Kev predicted three exact scores um, from the six games that were played uh, this, this last seven days. Um, so, yes, well done, Kevin. Well, no bother. It's easy when you know her, when you're not putting actual money on it. It seems much <laughs> easier for some reason. I was just going to say that. It's great that we're not playing for any prizes because, yeah. Oh, we are. Are we? Yeah. The, right. The, there the is loser, a big price. The loser price. has to take us all out for dinner. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Adam's, Adam's drink spill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I agreed to this. <laughs> I'm coming in last. All right. Um, so <laughs> let's get straight into it. Wanderers, Mariners, nil-nil. It was, despite Kevin predicting the correct score here, it wasn't that much of a surprise. It was... Uh, no, it wasn't. I mean... Two teams that are completely off the game at the moment, still not found their uh, the starting uh, lineup, uh, and lost the mojo basically, and it showed. Uh, that was an ordeal for everybody that was there uh, midweek as well. Um, decent crowd though. I mean, fourteen, almost fifteen thousand mm. uh, for a midweek game. Uh, I'm. I actually asked on Twitter if uh, that was the biggest midweek game, and it's when the definition of midweek kind of broke down a little bit as to whether or not Monday and a bank holiday counted as midweek. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty good crowd. Uh, it was a fairly average match, though. Uh, I don't think anybody uh, went home happy after that one. No, I think it was, despite it being midweek, um, I was at, and 14,000 isn't bad, but for, for the Wanderers, that's the first game since they were crowned, first home game since they were crowned champions. I thought there might have been a few more turnout for it, but it was probably evened, evened out by the poor start to the season. Ah, look, you know, at the end of the day, you've got a, a stadium that only seats about 20,000, so 14, that's three quarters full. Uh, you can't really ask for much better than that midweek. Midweek games in Australia just don't really capture people's imaginations. And when you've been getting midweek FFL, FA, FFA Cup semi-finals, mm. getting less than 5,000 or thereabouts, uh, 15,000 is a huge one. Yeah, I'd I, I probably assume uh, I'm giving... Um, a little, not enough respect to Wanderers. I, I always assume that they're going to fill it out every single week because yeah. that's what we've become accustomed to over the over the past year or so. Well, that's what they've been saying though. Um, they, they've been saying that you know the next few home games which Sydney have, um, and that's uh, three in a row because they have the Sydney derby this weekend. Mm. All of them are sold out. That's what they've been saying. Um, well, the, the membership base is up to about eighteen thousand. Mm. So I mean. You're really only looking at selling another couple of thousand to, to fill it out. Yeah. If 4,000 of those members, if 25%, 20% mm. of your members don't turn out midweek, 
then you've got a 14,000 crowd. Yeah. That's just the way it works out. Well, so. on the weekend, it was, uh, when they played Newcastle, the crowd was 14,000 as well. Again, though, I mean, mm. Newcastle. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't... Re- when you've got the size of membership they've got, you're never going to... It's only very rarely you're going to get an actual full capacity crowd. Mm. Uh, you big games. You very big games. Uh, there's a, a lot of people that will have bought memberships just for those games. Uh, it, it's swings and roundabouts. We will we will come on to a very big game a little later in the pod. Uh, so moving on to the Friday night game, um, Melbourne victory, Brisbane, um, an own goal. Surprising from Brisbane Moore, isn't it? Who would have thought? Yeah. Gosh. Uh, an own goal by Donnerke. No, 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 it wasn't. No, no, no not this time. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> Uh, Jade North this time, yeah. mm. and um, uh, and he got Mulvey the boot. Yeah, uh, it's been a long time coming, I guess you might say. But six games for a guy with the Premiership and the Championship under his belt, mm-hmm. I think that's criminal, to be honest. I mean, there has to be a lot of shit going down behind the scenes to make that justified, and I just don't think there is. Censor. I'm allowed to say shit. Shit's, shit's acceptable. It's when I get, when I get more passionate, passionate, that becomes a problem. <laughs> um, actually, there was an interesting thing that Ange said on um, it must have been Fox the, the other, the, yeah Probably, the other night, yeah. and he said that there is definitely something that's happened behind the scenes there because uh, and, and you know and you'd, you'd like to think that he knows what he's talking about, maybe has some sort of insight on how Brisbane Roars run, but um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Six games in. And fair enough, they've you know they've only won one game, but um, yeah, there, there must be something going on. Uh, well, you would you would hope so, that. but you know, at the end of the day, even if there is, this is not an appropriate response. What you do is you work through that problem. You counsel if no matter what the issue is, if it's a disagreement, if it's a discipline, if it's a behaviour issue, you bring the pe- the person in and you counsel them. That's how you deal with you know uh, mm. problems you don't just sack people when they've done that I mean this is a, a, a league where there is no relegation where the, the top six make the finals there is absolutely no relevance to results basically mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have as many people coming to the game virtually when you're winning as when you're losing at the bottom of the table it doesn't really matter the results are pretty much irrelevant apart from personal pride of fans um, of course, you know, the games themselves do matter and everybody wants success. But it's not what would they do if there was relegation? If there was uh, a only the top four or the top two made it to the finals, would they sack him after two games, after three games? Mm. Well, what, what point does that make sense? It doesn't. Um, um, an interesting thing on uh, on one some, uh, online today: forty-four games is the average lifespan of an A-League manager. Yeah, I've seen that before. Actually, uh, it's actually that's better than I thought it was. To be honest, and it's probably because of long, slightly longer-term management stints like Lavishka, Merrick, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Ricky Herbert uh, probably pushed that up quite a lot. Um, but you know the, the fallout from it has been interesting as well because um, Brisbane Roar management have been suggesting that uh, through well placed leaks that he, he, Mulvey didn't replace the players. Uh, he came back from Europe empty-handed when he went on uh, a trip. However, a couple of weeks ago, what uh, the club were actually saying was 
that he didn't get the players he wanted and we are now looking for players. <coughs> so it, what was the reason he didn't get the players? Was it because the club weren't going to fund them for the, the amount that they wanted? Um, was it uh, that he couldn't persuade them to come to Brisbane, to the A-League? Was he aiming too high? Or did the club just not want the players that he wanted? Um, these are interesting questions, I think, uh, that remain unanswered. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of blame spread around with this one. The way that it was handled was an absolute travesty, of course. Yeah. Uh, nobody should find out from the newspapers or the websites that they've been sacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you work at the ABC. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, maybe not as bad as Gus Poyet when he um, last season when he got sacked from midair. <laughs> he, he was he was on the BBC and and he, and he got sacked by Brighton. <laughs> I yeah. he was on Match of the Day or something. <laughs> yeah. And then midway through, they tell him, you know, you've been sacked, right? <laughs> and then. Um, Basically, they ask for his reaction on air, and mm. he's just trying to be all gracious and stuff. <laughs> I don't think he was afterwards. He he did come out swinging, I believe. But the yeah. fact also that Roar were so slow to react as well once the news did get out mm. uh, it was again, you know, travesty. A couple of hours after it was, every, it was common knowledge uh, through social media. Yeah. Uh, Mulvey still didn't know. He still hadn't been told, uh, which is just terrible. You don't treat people that way. If Even if the news had got out early, which it clearly did, mm-hmm. uh, you react as soon as possible and you, you try to make it right as quickly as possible. Yeah. You don't behave that way. It's very unprofessional. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of fault on a lot of different sides. So, unfortunate, um, as you said... Premiers and champions from last season and six games in, it, it happens like that. So, yeah, uh, a bit of a sour, sour taste in the mouth after the Brisbane uh, game on Friday night. Um, a couple of positives. I thought Jamie Young had a really good game. Um, yeah, twice actually. No, twice. He's he's kept uh, almost a clean sheet. Mm. Uh, and but victory didn't really. I was surprised how little victory showed in that game. To be honest. I thought, uh, well, as my prediction said at the time, I thought uh, it was going to be a lot more clear-cut. Mm. expected it to be 3-0 with a Borussia hat-trick. Um, Borussia was barely in it. I think he got man of the match still, which kind of surprised me. Did he? I think so, yeah. Or maybe that was last week, but either way, uh, it was kind of odd. Um, he kind of got the assist, didn't he, for the own goal? No, he didn't even get that. Did, did, well, they not, not, they not, not class not it on fantasy? Not sports, no. Which I was very unhappy about. <laughs> Yeah, I feel as though it was all of Brisbane's own doing, their own loss. Um, in the second half, they, they just gave away too many free kicks and, you you know, one or two were bound to get into the back of the net anyway. It doesn't matter whether or not it was an own goal. You don't do that sort of thing. You don't lack that much discipline um, as a team. And as champions, you don't really expect that. They've got a team full of leaders Broich, Mackay, uh, Jade North, even. Um, so I guess that that obviously did contribute, and it was the last straw for Mulvey. Yeah, I mean, you got to wonder what Mulvey's season would have been like if Theo had been had remained uninjured from the start. Uh, I think it would have thrown a completely different complexion on things. It would have at least got two or three more wins, I think, under the belt, mm. or at the very worst draws. Mm. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I think he was the biggest uh, 
cause of his downfall more than anything else, to be honest. I read somewhere uh, which said something along the lines of, you know, the Brisbane management, the board were not happy with the philosophy which he was playing with. They obviously want their sort of philosophy to be played by the team and Mulvey was sort of changing things about himself, which I, I don't... I, I saw that as well, but I just actually genuinely don't understand it, to be honest. Neither do I. Uh, they played a specific brand under Ange, which worked for them, but they never had a plan B, and mm, everybody exactly. was well aware of that. Yeah. Uh, when Rado came in, it all fell apart, and when uh, Mulvey took over, he brought in a plan B yeah. uh, and that there was a more direct route when it was needed but they still played attractive football mm. uh, and still always were them probably the most attractive uh, uh, purveyors of football in the league uh, when they won the championship in the double uh, the, when they won the double so I, I genuinely don't understand that I mean losing nobody wants to lose and that's not a great mm. brand of football but uh, I don't think philosophically they were odd. That just sounds like spin. Mm-hmm. But I mean, surely I I think they would have made top six anyway. I feel as though they would have made top six. Um, uh, uh, you know, as the se- season progresses, your team often uh, plays a lot better, um, and they gel. They gel. Um, and so I think it was just unfortunate that Mulvey got sacked this early. Mm. I think they would, have, they would have started getting results and we saw that against Newcastle. Sometimes though, I mean, board when they decide to go against somebody, they, they choose to act when they've got the opportunity to, basically. Yeah. And they could have waited on another couple of weeks, Theo might have come back, they might have started getting results. And if they actually do genuinely just dislike Mulvey and wanted rid of him, that opportunity would have gone. Uh, we saw a couple of times with uh, Sydney. Um, where Farina uh, survived by the skin of his teeth mm-hmm. just because he managed to get that little win that just gave him a bit more breathing time and yep. then another bad spell and then a bit more breathing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Brisbane just chose to act when they, they had the opportunity. Yeah, well, I, an, an interesting one on, on Theo, what I think it shows by that. Is, is that Raw's third on goal of the season? They, yes. they conceded third or fourth. Third or fourth, yeah. That that shows that that defence isn't comfortable. You know wh- whether they're running at their own goal or um, which is it could be down to the not having Theo there, who is that um, uh, that sort of organisational force. Yeah, yeah. I mean they've got Matt Smith there, who should be taking up that role, uh, but clearly isn't. And yeah, it does look like a a, a defence in disarray most of the time uh, without leadership. And um, and then they play the league leaders next week, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll come to that a little bit later. Talking of the league leaders, Perth and Wellington, two one. Was that another one that you predicted right? Yes, you did. Yes, I did. The exact score. So did I. Yes, <laughs> we, we we had a cracking round of tipping we this did. week. Yep. Um. Q yet again. Does it? Um, and Danny De Silva too. Uh, mm. That's not a bad strike for us, really, is it? Say what you like about Kenny Lowe's techniques, his persona. He's getting the results. He's getting it done. And the uh, the ball is still rolling on for them, mm. um, with no sign of it falling, uh, with the wheel off the wheels falling off. Yeah, uh, good luck to them. I think it's great. 
and it means it, it means another week that I can call in Jose Mourinho. He's definitely been listening to the pod. Do you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> we need to get him to use that term in the uh, in the press. Post match. Yeah. Or at least get somebody to ask. Someone him. to ask him. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel you are losing with you, Mourinho? <laughs> Um, Zadkovic, how good was that? I was just about to say the same thing. I think, was it was it you, Cronin, that um, called that last week and just said that Zadkovic hasn't played yet and the wheels might might, might fall off then? <laughs> and he, he came on within was it 17, 17 seconds. seconds. Oh, that's amazing. Great open by The Cure, even better uh, performance <laughs> by Zadkovic. <laughs> but the good news for Perth is that they can still hang on with 10 men. Yeah, it, quite impressively as well. Yeah. I mean, they, they really didn't show much sign of being uh, the weaker for it, yeah. which I think says a lot about Ruben Zadkovic's performance, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, but you say that the 16 seconds before he made that challenge, Super. it was brilliant. He was best man on the park for yeah, that 16 man seconds. Of the match. <laughs> up, up to that point, <laughs> 16 very very good seconds. Yeah, <laughs> one one second of madness. <laughs> uh, it was a horrible tackle. That it was. Yeah, it was just it was unforgivable. Yeah. but you know, I. Can probably count if I sit down. Could count out the number of times I've seen him lunge into similar tackles yeah. uh, in similar positions as well. It's so unnecessary. You know, middle of the park a foul like that. Why would you? You know, he's been out for the for so far this season. He obviously seems like he wants to prove himself. He wants to get out there. He's itching to get on back on the pitch. And you know, that's that's good to see. But that you know, it needs to be channeled better than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he hasn't been. Technically, hasn't been out for the whole season. He's been making substitute appearances, yeah. and he hasn't really fired. But I don't think I've seen Zakovic this bad before. Oh, you've not been paying attention, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Zakovic is a perfect A League player who's never really going to do anything else apart from the A League, and you know. Fair play to him, he's found his level. Yeah, but he's a savage player when he uh, turns his mind to it, and his finishing is worse than shocking a lot of the time as well. Uh, but having said that, he brings enthusiasm, passion, zeal, uh, and occasionally a not bad pass. Uh, but if you want an enforcer in the middle of the park, he's your man. Mm. Uh, but yeah, just don't expect him to play the full 90 every single game that you play. Wasn't he caught up to Socceroos squad last year? He's been in the Socceroos yeah. at least once or two, in a few times actually. I think he called up when he was at Sydney under Cosmina. Uh, and as Cosmina and I said at the time, we couldn't remember the last time he'd had a decent game. <laughs> When he got called up, uh, which was supposed to supposedly a reflection of his form, um, but yes, and you know he also played for Derby, uh, was signed by them when they were in the Premier League, never played for them there. Mm. Uh, they'd gone down to the Championship by the time he joined them. But you know he's he's a great character. I like Zadko a lot. The A League's a better place for him in it. Mm. But I, if he's on your side. Got to be prepared to play with 10 men. And Jose Mourinho continues. Six wins from seven. Who would have thought it? And he's playing Danny Zilva from kickoff. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great to see that. Is counter to everything that the critics were saying of mm. him when he took over, including, I think, probably me, to be 
be honest. <laughs> um, but yes, no, that, that kind of attitude and open-mindedness towards the younger players is great. Mm. I think the fact that uh, Jacob Burns isn't there to uh, decry younger yeah. players probably helps quite a bit too. Uh, and Danny Silva getting his first goal, going to give him a lot of confidence and hopefully we'll see more. Mm. I'm speaking quite a lot today, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's because Tim isn't there as well. It is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've got to say Tim... Um, Tim, Tim woke up in the wrong city. <laughs> isn't really very convenient for us <laughs> I, I, I hope that's as rock and roll as it sounds <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there I think yeah <laughs> just let the, re- the listeners fill in the gaps on that one good news though um, I believe he's sent his predictions in again that's true they're yes, outrageous he has yes. yeah yeah shockers yeah um, <laughs> but he has confidence in them which is great mm, that's uh once we've decided what they are <laughs> Um, so we've touched briefly on Wanderers and um, with their draw during the week, and they picked up another draw at home against Newcastle. Um, yeah, again, I'm, I can't really work out when Wanderers are going to sort of click it, click into action. That's the second game in a week I've watched, and still not really any glimmers of hope. If I'm being completely honest, I have to say, you know, even though again, <clears throat> tip this one spot on too, um, I really thought Wanderers should have stepped up the gear here. Uh, after drawing against Mariners and drawing against Newcastle, where are they going to pick up points? Mm. Who are they going to beat? Where is the, the wind going to come from? Because if they can't beat those two, I can't see them winning at the moment at all. Mm. Uh, all season long I mean this is going to be such an amazing fall from grace mm-hmm. I'm sure the season is going to come together eventually but at the moment jeez it must be a, it's got one tough being a Wanderers fan and two even tougher being Tony Popovich yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it's it's kind of embarrassing I was at the game and um, you know when you're at games and writing match reports you sort of miss out on a few things but um for the first 10 minutes or so, Wanderers were well on top of um, Newcastle and they had a goal to show for it. Um, Ruka, uh, Ruka Vistia, whatever it is. Rukovicja. Rukovicja. Um, and um, Castellan were really lively on the flanks and they were often the, uh, the, the outlets for um, attacking. Um, but after they scored that goal, things just totally changed and I think we saw a totally different Wanderers team to what we've previously seen they they seemed really content with sitting back and just letting uh, Newcastle apply pressure onto their defence um, which obviously didn't work unless he was taken off at half time because he just had a terrible half and Geronimo Newman was all over him mm-hmm. um, uh, they allowed a lot of gaps in midfield and you saw Daniel David Carney was running all over mm. his, his assistant for Flores was classy yeah but yeah I just I really don't know what's going on with the Wanderers they just lack the intensity which they previously had it's, it's funny you know they've got a really good a, a attacking force there with mm. uh, the speed on both flanks with Kesslin and uh, yeah. Rukovica uh, and then Juric to, to finish off mm. whatever they're putting into the box I mean you, you couldn't any team in the, the A-League would love that oh, kind yeah. of uh, attack but midfield and defence just don't seem to be gelling at all yeah. anymore. Uh, and even Jovic, 
as we're partly now to call him, um, is you know he's being exposed by his defence, uh, and uh, yeah, all in all, the package just looking so shaky at the moment. Yeah, um, and I feel as though that's basically the starting lineup which Popovich has in mind for the games to come. That's what I feel. Uh, besides, probably Alessi. I feel as though that's probably going to be the starting lineup, and I don't see that many changes coming in. Like last week, we talked about you know um, what Popovich making nine or so changes week mm-hmm. in week out. He only made two for the game. Um, unless he came in, um, he's still chopping and changing though. And yeah. you know you can't blame him until he finds that winning formula. Uh, he, he's fully entitled to to keep trying to refine it, and it looks like he is getting down to close to his, his best eleven. Um, but still, you know, even with just two changes, it's, it's still not a winning unit yet. Uh, it looks a long way off it. Um, Jets, I thought, were showing more of what I was expecting to see from the Jets this mm. season. Uh, I mean, Flores is such a classy player. Uh, if you can keep him injury-free uh, and keep his mind focused uh, on the task, uh, Carney as well great combination Johnny Steele leaving seems to have uh, uh, cleared up a little bit of the uh, the atmosphere mm. uh, one way or another that's uh, the general trend Jets. this season that's yeah, true yeah it that's doesn't true. be uh, disruptive influences mm. um, I think Jets are on the turn I think they're going to improve from the rest of the season I think I still see them being top six contenders yeah Jets are great I think they were unlucky to not get the three points um, and there was this chance, I think, it, it was when Wanderers were still dominating the half and um, it was the goalkeeper again. Kennedy, Kennedy, Ben Kennedy uh, kicks the ball from his own box into the Wanderers' half. Shannon Cole tries to control it first time, cushions it onto the path of Montano, right? And basically it just had an empty net, um, Kovic had slipped or something, it was totally out of position and somehow he managed to loop the ball over the crossbar onto uh, the, the net. Yeah. Um, but they, they definitely looked really good. Yeah. They looked good even yeah. when I Wanderers think, were dominating. I think they're going to impress. Uh, you know, I think uh, when Mulvey was um, given the arse I said, I, I still do I think we'll see him back in the A-League soon enough if he doesn't go elsewhere. Um and people were suggesting that Jets could be one of the places he ends up. I don't think he will. One, I think Stubbins is going to pull this together. And two, even if he doesn't, uh, the Jets don't have the money to give him the arse uh, to pay him off. Uh, so I think he's, he's pretty safe where he is. Uh, however, further on, we'll come back to that one. From one team who is not living up to potential down the wings and up front... Uh, to a, a, another Sydney team who who really did against uh, against sitting uh, Yanko has actually f- finally shown a bit of potential on, on uh, lived up to his potential a little bit um, and Abini and, uh, and, and Pejbovic down the down the right flank I thought were f- fantastic pulling the the city defence which was some uh, great passing from Antonis as well and um, and and Yanko did what he's there to do mm. put two in that. Yeah, I think I was really impressed by Yanko um, in the sense that, you know, he's a marquee and marquees often sort of take it easy when they're in the A-League. Um, and, and the midweek news that he had come back early mm. from international duty to uh, focus on the City game 
And to get two goals to show for it is quite impressive, in my opinion. Uh, against Brazil, no less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought the interesting thing about Yanko was he, he's he's a kind of striker we don't actually see a huge amount of. He, from my impression so far, seems to rely on his positioning much more than anything else. Uh, a lot of them will try and dribble in the in the box or uh, take long shots. Or uh, Yanko is all about being in the right place at the right time, from what I can see so far. Mm. Uh, and now that he's he's coming in, he's finding his feet. He's looking very impressive for that. It's not quite Gary Lineker's poaching type mentality, but it's it's up there with just being in the exact right spot when that ball comes in. He can take care of it. Yeah, uh, and he's he's looking much, much more of a threat now than he did in the first couple of weeks. Uh, and that's what Graham Arnold was trying to focus on sort of, you know, in the early parts of the season where Yanko wasn't really uh, performing at his best and, and Arnold was just saying, you know, uh, wait, um, basically we'll figure things out, uh, we'll get him to play well, um, get the team to support him in attack and I think they've done that. Yeah, I think it goes back to what uh, Adam was saying initially, that it's that wing play that's really coming into uh, key uh, for Yanko now, mm. where the, the attacking force is in tune with each other yeah. and they know where they're going to be. He's still got a ludicrously small jump, though. Mm. Uh, I'm convinced that Tim Cahill will probably have six inches on him in the air. Uh, he <laughs> literally comes an inch off the ground when he jumps. He actually doesn't win that many flick-on headers, and you know those long balls that you should be flicking onto either flank. He doesn't win that many he, of them. He doesn't he? Just doesn't get up in the air. Mm. He doesn't get any um, air time whatsoever. Um, I think it was it was either Sasha Petrovsky or David Strelich was identical in that as well. Mm. They had literally an inch leap off the ground. Uh, and you know, for such tall blokes, they don't actually maximise that height advantage yeah. they then get. Tim Gale, such a small bloke, yet leaps so Spring. high, he yeah. uh, outleap Yanko quite easily. Mm. Um, but talking of Yanko and his uh, movement within the box, I think it, uh, it, you only look to Perth, who's top of the league with Keo. and some of his runs and the positions that he takes up. If you just watch. Like I spent um, one part of the Perth game just watching Keo's movement in that in that final third, and and it is it's it's a Barisha movement, Keo movement, and and Yanko showed it in that game. Mm. Now he was he was he was almost coming in in front of the defender, and then as the ball was about to be played, he'd nip in behind, mm. and and Keo did that for his goal, and Yanko did that for his first goal. Yeah, first goal. She do a write up on that. <laughs> Bit of a comparison. Mm. <laughs> if we had stats on, still we still could. I'll pass it on to Tim. He can, uh, <laughs> he, he can do that. He's the analysis man. Yeah. Um, but City were fairly poor. Yep. Uh, uh, again, the, the defence let them down. All over the place at one point. It could have been some good tactics by by Sydney. You know, using the wings well and uh, and committing men forward and finding those little bits of space. But their centre backs were being pulled all over the pitch. I think it, Sydney at the moment is a hard team to judge another team's performance by because Sydney are pretty damn good at the moment. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, only Adelaide and Victory are going to give Sydney a run for the money, the way things are going at the moment. Um, a city against almost any other team apart from those three is a far better judge of where they're at. Uh, but I still think they're going to struggle to get in the top six the way things are going at the moment. Dimitrovic, red card. 
<laughs> what was what, what was that for? I think, as far as I can understand, it was a second yellow. It was for time wasting because he has, wasn't going over to take the corner, but he wasn't taking the corner. Uh, what? That's. Uh, I think that's what happened. Interesting. Uh, the referee decided that he was the one who was going to take the corner, and he was delaying using delaying tactics. So he got a yellow, and it was a second yellow to so send him off. <laughs> Meanwhile, whoever it was mm. was going over to actually take the corner. Right. Uh, it was ludicrous, but because it was a second yellow rather than a straight red, the club can't appeal it. No. And it killed my fantasy football this weekend well, and next mm. weekend. Thanks. Tony Pignana sent out a tweet yesterday or something which was like, you know, we're going to try to discuss with FFA to like perhaps get Milosh off. Yeah, um, it fell through then. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay. yeah you can't. Yellow card, can't, you, can't, you can't appeal it. Yep. Um, Ludicrous. Another great example of uh, A-League refereeing. Mm. We seem to get one each week. No, <laughs> literally, we do. Way things are going, way things are going wouldn't really matter for Sydney when they're up against a pretty poor Western Sydney anyway. uh, we'll come back to that yeah. <laughs> so stay with, staying in the top of the table with Adelaide um, we thought it was going to be much more of a mauling than, uh, than it actually was um, and uh, as I pulled out on my, on my little running order the, the, the stats actually seem, uh, seem quite even for the, for the two teams um, I don't think the stats maybe tell the whole story of the game uh, I think Adelaide probably d- didn't, didn't go as hard as, uh, as they could have I think they won at a canter personally mm. to be honest uh, Mariners struggled to get out their, uh, their own half uh, Adelaide did what they needed to do, uh, and yeah, that was it. Mm. Mariners are just shocking at the moment. They're terrible. If Mulvey's going to end up back in the A League quickly, I would imagine he's going to end up in the, in the no. Mariners, possibly. Um, but again, you know, Mariners are short of cash. If they can afford to pay off Moss, I'd be surprised. Mm. Uh, and I suspect they'll hold on to him because it was a cheap option to hire in the first place, as well as being part of their uh, strategic plan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Mariners shocking at the moment. They've got so much work to do. Hutch having a go at the bench when he's taken off. Mm. Um, the red card from Montgomery. Uh, that's, that's a club in crisis. 6,000 yep. turning out on a home, for a home game against you know, uh, second or third in the table. It's not a great look. Uh, the yellow army was more like the yellow platoon at mm. the end of the, 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 end of the, uh, the pitch. Um, not great. What was great though was uh, Tarek Elrich's run. Fantastic. Uh, and it was interesting actually because I've been watching that move building up, and again, Adelaide were holding onto the ball in their own half, passing it amongst themselves, trying to draw Mariners out uh, to capitalise on the space that that was going to create. Uh, but the Mariners were also trying to close them down and put the pressure on. Um, and uh, every time they passed, the Mariners ran at uh, Adelaide back line, forcing the quick pass. However, Elrich got the ball, and Mariners didn't run at th- that time. They mm-hmm. just watched, they just decided to sit back, and Elrich just took off. 
and kept running and kept running like Forrest kept Gump. Going. <laughs> uh, and before he knew it, I think he, even he was surprised by how far how he'd far got. he'd got. Yeah. And then suddenly he thought, "Oh, I'll just go past this guy." And then, "Well, I'll go past that one." <laughs> oh, this is easy. Pass, go, done. Yeah. Uh, and it was sensational. It was just it was Maradona esque <laughs> running from one end to the other. Though. It was superb. Uh, very, very good. Yeah. Um, hot off a uh, confidence confidence boost after a, um, a, a decent performance against Japan in the week or last week. Oh, who? What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> who? No. Have I missed a bit? <laughs> <laughs> who was playing Japan? Orange. Mate. I've had a shocker. Eh? <laughs> he was like fullback. He wasn't in the squad. He played fullback for soccer. Bitch. Beige. Beige. Ah, it's close. Close. Yeah, that's where close. I made the mistake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely shocking. Can we go back there? Can we delete that? <laughs> I thought I had a stroke. <laughs> right. Well, uh, let's end that part on a, a ridiculous note. And um, uh, join us after this little bit of a uh, break, and we'll talk about the soccerys. Kuru's chat, Japan, Australia. Finished 2-1 last week, this time last week, yeah, Tuesday last week. Um, it was, uh, we called it, oh, but, we did. But, we did. but saying that we did call every single possible result last I week. I think, yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we like to cover all options where yeah. possible. Um, it was... Uh, it was a bit of a typical soccer performance uh, in the fact that um, there was a lot of positives. We kept the ball quite well, but never looked like we were ever going to score. I, I, it depends which what, which soccerers you think of as being typical, mm. whether it's an Ange soccerers or whether it was uh, pre-Ange. I got quite annoyed, to be honest. We were doing well with the possession where we'd take the ball up to the final third, try and penetrate, find a brick wall put up by the Japanese and then pass backwards. But instead of stopping at the centre spot, halfway line, and passing it amongst ourselves to draw the Japanese out and expose the, the gaps, we ended up passing all the way back. Mm. We allowed ourselves to get pushed all the way back to the keeper, try and build up from the back again and then ultimately either go through the exact same process all over again or turn the ball over or put it into touch. Um, I've was really really frustrated by it uh, in terms of finishing as well we need attackers who are more prepared to run at a defence and try and get past them take them on back themselves uh, and you know just get into the box and have a go um, we were far too often getting stopped on the edge of the box and not having any ideas and more more infuriating than anything else was when we did get hit the roadblock we would cram up on ourselves so that we were getting into tighter and tighter triangles 
getting closed down by the Japanese, closing ourselves down, so that it was like a training exercise where they were passing to each other just two or three feet away from each other until inevitably the ball was turned over, uh, the Japanese got a, a leg in, or it went out into touch again. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to use, we need to create our own space far more. We need to use that space uh, and not tie ourselves up in knots. That was terrible. And we need somebody in control and defence because mm-hmm. again, we were just so badly lacking any leadership in defence. Whether it was uh, the keeper communications or just a general lack of leadership in that back line, especially at set pieces. Uh, it was just shocking. I mean, the, the, the goals were an embarrassment, to be honest. Mm. Other people can talk now. <laughs> Does anyone know why Alex Wilkinson is, uh, Wilkinson is still getting picked? I honestly do not understand. I think, um, like, obviously, he, he's, you know, he's, hasn't, he's not the best option that we have in defence, for one, um, and... I just feel as though he's a massive liability in that he, he leaves our defence. Um, his positioning isn't the best, and he leaves us prone. And so Trent Sainsbury always has to, well, throughout the game, he was having to clean up his mess. Um, but Matt Ryan had a pretty decent game, I think, probably his best, his best game. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks solid, but again, I do feel he should be taking more of a, a leadership role um, in charge of bossing that defence around and making sure there's no nobody left to run in at the back post completely unmarked yeah I think probably from this performance it might give him that bit of confidence I wouldn't be surprised if he's worried more about his own performance rather than the rest of the defence because of some probably poor performances in I, previous I think that's games. fair and I think that's also fair of most of the squad because they're yeah. so, still so inexperienced in terms of Socceroos caps uh, but that that's where you need to step up in leadership yeah. uh, and it's, it's I'm one of Lucas Neal's biggest critics towards the end of his career and don't feel that he should still be there at all but it was one of the few things he really did bring right mm. up to the final day of his career was authority and leadership in the back line uh, and it's what we're cruelly missing at the moment uh, and yeah I also agree I don't understand why Alec Wilkinson's still in there either to be honest uh, he's a really really nice chap I really like him uh, and I'm delighted for him to be getting this opportunity but he's not stepping up he's not making the difference and I can only imagine well, I, I can't even imagine what Ange is thinking of to be honest uh, I think we have got better options I mean even at the very least uh, Nikolai Topper Stanley and uh, Matt Smiranovic mm-hmm. is an established defensive partnership, partnership yeah. with an understanding of each other I, f- I feel that would be better than what we're doing at the moment. I do. I think Trent Sainsbury should be in there, mm. but he should be with a, a, somebody he can establish a relationship with, a partnership with, and he hasn't had that opportunity. And Wilkinson's not working, and it's not the future anyway of, at his age. So, yeah, there's a few worrying signs for me in Angie's uh, approach to things, uh, despite being a, a huge Postacoglu fan. Um, there are things I wish he would address more quickly than he is. I'd, I'd be happy with Sainsbury and Spira. Yeah, I think that that's probably pretty much my ideal setup. Curtis Good, when he's fit, is also a very, very good option. Mm. But of course, he's injured at the moment. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's. It was interesting. We've got a feature coming up in the next issue of the magazine where we sit down with a chat for a chat with Ange and his philosophy and his thinking behind things. 
and underlying all of these decisions is he's trying to expand the pool of players that the Socceroos have got to, to, to draw upon and give them experience so that they're not all just getting dropped in at the last moment, inexperienced and unaware of how it all works so that nerves take over. So in that respect, yes, all of these, sen- these decisions are sensible, but I still want to see a more settled, established lineup. Bring people into camp now and then evolve rather than do, do the evolution, not revolution thing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before, that... Posikoglu should by now have a starting 11 uh, in mind um, and not be experimenting because you know this is what our, our last proper friendly fixture that we have before the Asian Cup um, and we're not going to get that many chances um, to prove well, I guess to you know to see how well our proper established uh, backline will play um, that was our last chance uh, and I still I'd be surprised if that was our final uh, 11 to be honest um, uh, it was interesting as well you know Beige at, uh, or Tarek Elridge depending on which match you were watching <laughs> at left back over Jason Davidson Jason Davidson looked like he had that spot nailed down uh, and Beige has brought in at, almost at the last moment and uh, with Ange Postecoglou hailing it, that that is probably his final eleven. <coughs> so that doesn't make much sense to me, to be honest. Mm, well, uh, I'm actually I, I thought Beige had a great game, though. To be fair, uh, I thought he actually looked better than Davidson's looked. Well, Davidson hasn't played that much in the uh, for West Bromwich Albion, um, which is probably why he's been excluded from the starting eleven. Um, and I dare say he probably wouldn't get that many opportunities within the Asian Cup itself. It'll be interesting to see, uh, but certainly Davison appeared to have been groomed for that position yeah. uh, in recent matches up until the Japan game. Um, but, you know, again, as I say, Ange uh, was telling us, he's trying to give himself options, uh, and he's certainly achieving that. 42 players in 12 months, mm. uh, which is a, an amazing total. And we haven't done that much in 12 months. Well, we played a World Cup. <laughs> Winning three three competitive games that yeah. much, isn't it? I mean, I think we can pretty much write off the last year in terms of results, um, but in terms of the regeneration of the site, the site we're a long way down the track compared to where we were eighteen months mm. ago. Eighteen months ago, we still we had the oldest average uh, age. Uh, off the the qualifiers into the World Cup, uh, and now you know we're at the other end of the, the scale. And in terms of experience, we're completely at the other end of the scale. Uh, not so much age, but uh, experience. We were well done. We were well done on, and now we're building it up in a, a number of fields, number of fronts. I still don't think we're going to win the Asian Cup. Though. Mm, no. Yeah. I uh, I've just. I've been I've been sort of following the Gulf Cup, and uh, I think some of the teams there have really uh, have a good chance of outlasting Australia in our own home tournament, which is pretty sad in my opinion. Um, I think yeah, Kevin pointed out yesterday in his tweet that Australia is going to drop down to a hundred or something, hundred and one or a hundred and two if Qatar win the final. 
Uh, which, you know, but you know, although that's a reflection in our current decline, it's actually a, the way it's worked out. It actually does show you that there's a long, long-term problem that we've had, uh, and we're addressing it. We're at least taking steps now to turn that around for the long term. But these drops don't happen overnight, and it will take us a long time to climb back up again. Uh, as a result. Um, but that's the work that Ange has got to do. Uh, and it would have happened no matter what, uh, no matter who was in charge. It's not a reflection on Ange at the moment. Quite an interesting thing uh, on Shootout on Fox the other night was Bozza was, um, uh, was was grilling um, Ange a, l- a little bit. He was sort of, sort of tying him down. He said, um, uh, are, are you going to change your approach? Is this, is this the time to, uh, to, to look at it and rethink it? Uh, and this is, a, this is a quote from Ange. My, my coaching mentality isn't about athletics. It's about winning. That's all I've done, ever done in my career. I won't deviate from certain core principles. I like my teams to have more possession than the opponent and be proactive. That I won't waver from. It's what has made me successful. That's the coach I am. Which is... Do you know what? I, I, you know he's sticking to his guns. I, I, I quite like that. I, I don't mind that he's played forty-two players in uh, in, in just over a year. Yep. Um, that is, that's what previous soccer coaches have been heavily criticised about. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think you know it's it's probably come a little bit too late. He should have been six months earlier, oh, and uh, yeah. And and had the the World Cup qualifying, and then a World Cup, and then these um, uh, these sort of well six months of nothing friendlies really mm. um, before an Asian Cup in, in in Australia. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty desperate uh, situation that he's been dropped into. And everybody's been aware of that, uh, including him. Uh, again, that's a, a nice line from our upcoming feature, where it was the worst time to get the job, uh, but it, that's why he took it because he loves a challenge. Mm. Um, but what the concerns I have is that he's getting blindsided uh, by his squad selection uh, with Wilkinson, for example. Uh, but more importantly, that I just don't feel the the, the team has so far completely properly properly embraced his philosophy uh, and this the whole passing all the way back to the the coach a to the keeper is not the uh, the Ange philosophy I'm pretty sure of it mm. uh, the attacking aesthetic yes that's his uh, that's him through and through but keeping possession just for the sake of keeping possession without actually doing anything positive with it no. that, that's pointless <clears throat> Uh, you know, you, if you you keep the ball, you're less likely to concede a goal. But even still, there's still no justification for it. And, and I think in the Asian Cup, there will be a lot of teams that will, you know, even still, they will consider uh, Australia as, as one of the stronger teams. So if we are ponderous with the ball and and keep it with our defenders, they're going to pack that defence, and it's going to be extremely difficult to get through. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's. The, the Achilles heel that's been exposed and Japan exposed it as well because Japan were playing a funny game they were playing the long ball in the first yeah. half uh, which is just a really unusual to see them playing mm. but they were bypassing they were parking the bus whenever we attacked 
and then just hiking up the front uh, whenever they had the chance. Uh, and it was very basic uh, tactics, and it was working. Yeah. Uh, I almost I wonder if that was a bit of a tactic for them because they they don't normally play that. I think that sort of I think that's them ex- yeah. experimental and friendly. Is, is, is this what a, you're supposed to do? Yeah. Is, is this a way of um, sort of playing against a team who, or maybe having a plan B? Yeah. Exactly. Might be a bit of. Uh, I feel as though a bit of Aguirre or however you pronounce his name. His, his influence on the side, um, and back in Spain he was quite a bit more pragmatic with his approach mm. being that um, his team didn't exactly have the best players and when they came up against teams which were more superior he would often uh, sit back and wait to hit on the counter um, and play more direct, play more long balls over and stuff, so that's uh, I guess sort of his approach, but I think with the players that he has with him Kagawa, Honda and a few odds, I think they've, they don't need to play that way. Yeah, I mean, so they, they can just... I mean, in the second half against Socceroos, they were just all over them. Yeah, I mean, they they, went, they, resort, they reverted to type in the second half and they looked yeah. so much more impressive. Um, but like Adam was saying, I think it's plan B. Uh, they're just creating an alternative. Mm-hmm. And also, they are they have very, very much exposed the Socceroos to any other team that watched that match uh, that we're going to come up with in the group. Yeah. You want to stop the Socceroos? Crowd the penalty box yeah. uh, and just plump it up. And if you hassle them too much, they'll just pass it back to the the keeper anyway. Uh, we need to find a way to, to counter that too. Uh, and that result put Japan back as number one uh, in Asia uh, as well. So they're going to go into the Cook tournament, at least in terms of FIFA rankings, the favourite. Mm-hmm. And we are 11th, I think, in our own home hosted. Tournament of 16. Yep. Pretty good going, eh? Mm. What a FIFA now. <laughs> In other news, other local news. Um, brown envelope packed with cash, and I'll tell you. <laughs> um, it's been announced, we, we touched on the ICC, the International Champions Cup, um, that's going to be held in uh, Melbourne next July, I believe. And the first team that's going to be here has been announced, Real Madrid. Excited? Yeah, and actually, it's going to be, I mean, three matches, four matches? Mm. Three teams, so I'm not sure how, how that would work. Yeah, I think that's three matches then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, three matches in the MCG, 100,000 per match. Right in the middle of uh, AFL season, rugby league, rugby. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes down. Mm. Uh, but I think it's it will strike fear into the hearts of uh, all the other codes. The codes, definitely. Uh, and you know Real Madrid, even if they can't quite bring out the the full team because of the uh, Copa America, mm. but I, I think the impact of that is actually going to be minimal. To be honest, anyway, mm. uh, it's still going to be star-studded lineup. Yeah, it's just going to pack out uh, the MCG completely. Uh, it's going to be such a sea of faces. It's going to be sensational. So I, I, I read a, a, um, a tweet. I think I think I think it came from Fox actually. That it's something like um, Ronaldo um, won't be playing, and it, I sort of you know didn't, and I clicked straight onto it, and it was something like won't be taking it lightly. But it was, I was like oh, cheeky buggers. Great. That would be. Um, you know, that's why everyone, that's who everyone, a lot of 
uh, of the more neutral fans are, lo- are looking to see a Ronaldo playing in your um, in your hometown or your home country. But uh, you're right, even even without a Ronaldo, even without some of the top name stars, it's amazing. Ronaldo like, should be the, there at yeah, the very least, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean. So many names. I saw the the piece in the Australian uh, this morning, sort of worrying about how many would be able to make it. But mm. the names they were missing, they said could be missing, yeah. just faded in significant, into insignificance compared to the ones that will definitely be there. Uh, and they can't all be missing anyway. So it's just nah, it's going to be uh, an absolute fiesta mm. of football. So, uh, Man City, Liverpool um, are also being tipped from from the UPL into from Italy. Yeah, um, it's kind of hard to go wrong with any of them, is it? Liverpool. I, I was, uh, as I said last week, I was there for the Liverpool game at the MCG against Victory, and that that, that was an amazing, amazing spectacle. I've I've, I've been to Anfield, and um, it's a, a brilliant. Brilliant stadium, you know the the minutes before kickoff and everyone singing "You'll Never Walk Alone," and there was eighty odd thousand people, um, probably maybe even more, that were just there for the spectacle of being Liverpool. That joined in, and uh, it, oh, it was uh, hairs stick up on the back of your neck when you when you think about it. It was amazing actually seeing the reaction from Liverpool fans in Liverpool mm. to what they were watching on TV when uh, the. the MCG sang it out yeah. uh, they were just so blown away by it mm. well because Melbourne's got uh, I think it was even Melbourne Australia has the biggest fan Liverpool fan base outside of Liverpool mm. uh, mostly side themselves like I mean, I mean even on the social media channels they always like you know direct whatever's you know they've got going statuses tweets to Australian fans and stuff Yeah. so I think it's obviously big um, having Liverpool down here and, and other big name teams mm. yeah um yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who actually does come out from the EPL for this. I can see City coming out still for coming out anyway. Yeah, Melbourne City. Um, whether it's for the ICC though, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, fun fun days ahead. Fun days ahead. Um, so we are um, we're, we're nearly running out of time. So we'll just quickly jump into um, the final uh, predictions for the coming week. We've got uh, Melbourne victory Adelaide on Friday night. Um, should we, should we predict him 4-0 victory win? Yeah? I think Adelaide. Let's, let's give him Adelaide? Adelaide win. No, 5 yeah. draw. 5 all draw? 5 all draw. Okay. No, I'll, I'll take that. I think actually... Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> no? No. He was, he's going to get a point there for the draw. Do you, but, think, you, do you think it'll be a draw? Is that what you're going for? <laughs> I'm going to go for the draw. What, what, what have you got? Scarf that then. 2-2 two, two draw. 2-2 two, two draw. Cronin? Um... 2-1 win to Adelaide 2-1 that's what I've gone for as well mm. great minds mm. Brisbane and Perth Raw v Glory I think this could be a bit of a spectacle um, I don't see Brisbane getting the season back on track here either no 2-0 uh, to Perth I think 2-0 to Perth yeah I think <laughs> You normally get that bit of an uplift after a new manager yeah. coming in, and but no, I, th- I think I think Perth are going to be too strong for them. I've, I, I think it's going to be slightly um, uh, more cagey than that. I've gone for a one-nil Perth win. Interestingly, I saw somebody tweet that the last time Franz Tyson, uh, Roar's new interim coach, was a proper full manager, Canberra Cosmos were still in the na- national uh, NSL. <laughs> 
It's been a long time between drinks for him and management posts, so I'm not altogether convinced he's going to be a great, uh, great find for the club. Ain't no Perth for ten. <laughs> Ain't no Brisbane for ten. Yep. Good work. Cronin. I'm going to go with one nil Brisbane. Yeah. Ooh. Eternal optimist. You're yeah. just trying to make up the ground, aren't you? No. <laughs> um, yeah. I think. I think Perth. Perth's runs coming to an end I feel as though it's that way anyway it's up to a Lose to um, prove me wrong so <laughs> if you're listening mate no he's listening he's of course he's listening, listening. yeah uh, what, the Sydney Derby you know we, we we should give this a bit of air time at least is uh, I think that in front of a and this will definitely be a, be a sellout no yes. doubt about it. There will be it will be noisy. This is this is an, a, the perfect opportunity for Wanderers to get a bit of respect back for that from their team. And I, Popper will fire them up for this. Not not that they'll necessarily need it, um, but yeah, I think they will. They'll be scrapping for every ball, and and I don't think Sydney will have enough in them to to tip this over the edge. I think it's going to be a one-one. Personally, I think uh, the biggest problem Sydney's going to have is the lack of uh, Dimitrievich mm. in midfield. He's been so key to them, I feel, uh, this season so far that they're going to really, really miss him. Uh, and although they've got you know a few players that can play that position, I don't think anyone plays it nearly as well as he does. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really going to see them suffer. Uh, is Big Sasha going to be back, Zamlina? Is he... I'm not sure if uh, his injury is long term. Hmm. Uh, if it was enough to knock him out for this weekend as well. If he is, um, I think I can actually see them almost struggling. To be honest, uh, Sasha again is, is very much key to that backline for yeah. Sydney. So the lack of those two, if if neither of them are playing, I can see Wanderers nicking a one-one draw. Uh, maybe even nicking a win to be honest but we'll go for 1-1 one, one draw 1-1 one, one as well uh, if if Sasha is anywhere near fit he will make sure he's there on that pitch I'm pretty though, sure he will uh, in which case I would probably say 2-1 to Sydney but can I cover both angles? no 2-1 yeah. <laughs> sure? or 1-1 one, one? can I change it later when you're not looking? no you can't change it later this is my game damn it my rules <laughs> Cronin whilst he's, whilst he's thinking it's a tough one. Um, I really don't know, to be honest. I mean, Sydney obviously have their own absentees. Wanderers aren't playing that well, except they do. I feel they do have some positive signs, especially in attack, um, especially with Bruker, who's just who I feel as though is he's been really good in that sense. Like he's just. He's often been posing a threat to defences. Um, I'm going to have to push you for an answer. All right. Going for a Sydney FC 2-1 win. Sydney just nick it. Actually, I'm going to change mine to 1-0 Wanderers. 1-0 Wanderers. Oh. Got all bases covered there. I've gone for a 6-0 win for Tim. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, no, Tim, Tim from that. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Tim. Tim, Tim said text yeah, six now. Yeah. Um, Wellington, Man, uh, Man City, Melbourne City, Sunday afternoon. 
This could be a match to send you to sleep. Yeah. It's it's like the great escape on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Just the perfect thing to while away your hangover too. Um, yeah, okay. Um, I think actually Phoenix McClinchy should be back. Burns is on fire still. Uh, 3-0. 3-0. I went for 2 0. And, uh, Cronin? Wellington win for sure. Um, 3 0. 3 0. 3 0. Yeah. Tim? What did he say? Uh, it was, um, hold on, I just got text coming in. 5 0 to City. City. And uh, if you if you slept during Wellington City, would you have would you sleep right through <laughs> Newcastle what Mariners? Just avoid the snooze button. Just hit off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just pour yourself another very large drink. <laughs> Sunday session. Keep pouring them uh, from uh, Newcastle against Wanderers. I think they've got it in them to to take this. And uh, yeah, I can't see I can't see Mariners scoring, and I think Newcastle will probably keep it try and keep it quite tight. So I've I've gone for a one nil Newcastle win. Yeah, Montgomery is going to be out as well. So yeah, you know it's they're bad enough, but they're being depleted. Uh, and oh, I had the flashback of Josh Rosen sent as a centre back. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you make decisions like that. That you shouldn't even be allowed to go onto the pitch. It's just like, oh, come on, lead, right. lead you away. Yeah, come yeah. On. <laughs> You've had your time. You had your chance. <clears throat> Josh Rose, centre back. That's 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 it. That's all we need to know. Thanks. No. Um, two 0 Jets. Two 0 Jets. I've maybe been a little bit conservative with man. I forgot about Josh Rose. You'll notice I didn't even mention the fact that Zadkovic. Oh, actually, no, 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 yeah, carry on. Cronin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Newcastle, Serena win. Don't see them stuffing up. Although they have been a bit inconsistent in the past few weeks. But anyway, I think last week was promising enough to uh, render a decent result for them. But then we said that after they beat Man Melbourne victory. Well, no, they drew with Melbourne victory, rather. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure where Tim got, how he came to his prediction on this one. One, Mariners have only, have only scored four goals And he's predicted 7-3 To Mariners for this game he, He's uh, the man with the insight Yeah, yeah, he knows his stuff He does Who, who am I to That's, that's why I hire him yeah. So that, that concludes our pod for week seven <laughs> no, 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 not quite um, How did we do with the tips? <sighs> alright, alright So standing? <laughs> <laughs> So we will um, Go through there So in first place, oh no! In, um, bringing up the rear, myself, Adam on nine points. Tim on just slightly ahead of me, on ten. Cronin, <laughs> no, we're making up. <laughs> He's still beating me. <laughs> <laughs> he actually beat me the week that we made them up. The most ridiculous scores. Um, Cronin on twelve, and in the lead, Tim. Tim, Kev, the tipster. As on 18 on fire I heard this is uh, Kevin's last appearance on the podcast <laughs> no no um, you're going to see me all season long <laughs> see you or hear you yep so rub salt into those <laughs> so Kev is um, the glory of, uh, of our tipping league 
Cronin, what do you reckon? You, you probably, you're probably Sydney FC. And uh, and me and Tim are probably I'm, I'm Wanderers and Tim's Raw. Tim's fair. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, not Wanderers. I'm, I'm rock aren't bottom that high for you though. Yeah. Well. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm Jets then. Okay, so um, so we've got this. Uh, we've got a mag up last week. So if you've um, it's last week. Uh, no, I think there's two weeks. Two weeks left in this one. Yeah. So if you've not got it, go out and buy it. Before they're all sold out, because <laughs> that happens sometimes. Um, but there's some good stuff in it. What was your favourite feature? Um, I, I touched on this last time, so I, I, I really like the the world's des- deadliest derbies. That was quite a, an insight into world football. And um, but the, the the local feature was the um, the out of Africa to Oz, mm. which um, uh, yeah, Kev, you can maybe um, run us through some of the some of the points on that. Yeah, it's just. Revisits, uh, well, not revisits. It, it just explores the idea of the uh, the new generation coming through with uh, African heritage uh, in the A League. Uh, of course, Francis Awaratifi blazed a trail back in the day. Of course, uh, but since then, Rushite, um, Awar Mobio, uh, bring up uh, today's uh, new generation, Kwabia mm. uh, Apia. Quabina Apia, rather, mm. um, as Quabini. well. Quabini, yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting read, and you know, it just goes to show the the world game and its effect, and what it can bring to uh, to football, and what uh, African players can bring to the A League. Mm. Uh, very good read, well recommended. Cronin, what was your favourite? Um, Don't say the smelty one on one. Who wrote that one? <laughs> That was brilliant. Good I pictures. Think, I think, I think that's, pictures about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think um, that's probably the best feature to ever appear in any. <laughs> no, but honestly, um, Pull it I think. Somewhere. I think all of them are really good. <laughs> Diego Costa, though. Diego Costa. You touched on Diego Costa last week, and looking at that picture of him and how it's almost like a caricature. Yes. I went back to it. It was hilarious. It's, it is a, it's, it's, it's not the most flattering of portraits, is it? No. Is it the, the, I think that, Kevin would have done a good job without it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, we, if we could have put that on the cover and sold any issues at all, <laughs> yeah. I would have been very surprised. I would have thought it was like a Halloween, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Halloween issue of we should just four, 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 <laughs> Cut out the eyes. Cut out the cover. <laughs> Throwing in a couple of elastic bands to put over your ears. <laughs> um, on that ridiculous note, um, I'm going to call it a day. Uh, Kevin Ayres, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Brown and you, thank you. No problem. Thank and you, Adam. Adam Jackson. Bye.